0: Welcome to Random Gaming Toolkits it's entertainment talks podcast for video games. I'm your host, Matthew. Joining me today, my co-host is Robert. How are you doing?
1: I'm doing good. How are you doing today?
0: Doing alright. Doing okay. Yep, doing doing good. Uh, what have you been playing in the last week or so?
1: Uh, I've been bouncing around a few games. Uh, like I talked about last week, uh, Dragon Quest Builder 2 hit uh, Game Pass, so I gave that game a check out. Uh, it's kind of interesting. It's like a little bit of Minecraft, a little bit of Captain Code's, Ta- Captain Toad's Treasure Tracker. Okay. Um, it's definitely geared for an age way younger than me, but that's okay. <laughs> um, it's all right. I mean, it's not bad. It's not really my style of game. I don't think it's something that I'm going to play, you know, extensively. It's going to be more of a, uh, you know, since you're kind of here already, you know, or if I need like a break from something. Uh, I might, you know, spend 10, 15 minutes into it. It's not a game that you need to uh, constantly remember how to play because it's not all that deep. Mm -hmm. Um, Outside of that, I've I've been honestly searching for something to play. So I've just been kind of going through my back catalog, you know, games that were part of a Steam sale or games with gold or PS Plus or whatever. Just looking for something to play and it hasn't really, nothing's really clicked with me. Okay. Have you uh have you
0: revisited Cyberpunk since any of the patches? Because there's been what f- three or four patches.
1: Uh, uh, three or four. It's just I know that graphically, fidelically, um, I'm gonna want to wait until I can finally get uh Series X to play it on. Right, right. Um, and there's, it's just never popped up anywhere that I found it. Um, I do find it interesting that a couple of stores on the corporate level have made the decision to where they're not going to keep it in store. Oh. Um, you can only buy it online and then do a on you know do an on-site pickup for it. So mm-hmm. yeah, uh, it's still
0: not back on the PlayStation store yet, is it? It's it's still on the no. Xbox store, I, I think. I didn't. I think it,
1: it is. Yeah, I know it's on Steam. Yeah, and yeah. you can buy it directly from the company. So so,
0: but uh, no, I just thought about you know because we both had interest in Cyberpunk um and it kept getting patched so uh, but I've not jumped back into it yet because I've been playing other things so uh, speaking of other things I've been playing I'm still going through Oddworld Soulstorm uh this this game is just fantastic it it really it really really just is and there's so many times right where um you get to a like puzzle situation or whatever you want to sort of call it not necessarily even puzzle just sort of like how do I get through this situation alive <laughs> kind of thing and uh, so many times to where I'm I'm looking around and I'm looking around and I'm like okay there is an answer here because I have to, I can get through this part of the level somewhere and then I there's so many times where I think like oh I wonder if I can try and do this with this and the game lets you do it and there's just so many smart things around that that i just didn't quite expect i mean i tell you just like i I know there's i know there's like 20 odd years of difference between this game and the second game which this is kind of like a remaster or extension um of of the second game there's so many things that if if you'd gone to me in the 90s obviously i would have been very young And said like, hey, in 2021 you'll be playing a version of this game and like, this is different, this is different, this is different, this is different. And just looking back at the first two games, and this isn't to like take credit away from these games. Obviously talking about 90s PS1 games, they had limitations that games these days don't. And just thinking about how, uh, and again, this isn't like bashing on those games, it's just because of how old they are how simple the older Abe games are compared to the these newer two and what I mean by these newer two is uh Oddworld New and Tasty which is the remaster (coughs) of the first one and then uh Oddworld Soulstorm which was the which is the sort of remaster extension of the of the second one um there's just so many good ideas here and I really really appreciate that a lot and um it's it's I just keep having such a good time with it and a stressful time as well at certain points. You know when I annoyingly die at certain bits and pieces. Um. So yeah, but uh, it's there's just there's just so many good ideas in this game, and uh, I do kind of stand with the sentiment that the first couple of hours of the game are a little bit rough. But if you get through those first c cu- and this this isn't one of those uh, this isn't one of those things with like. You know how some people described with Final Fantasy XV where they said like, hey, once you get past the first, was it 30 hours the game gets good? Which is, you know, the length of some whole games. It's not that to, to a degree of, okay, if you get past the first 10 hours this game's good. It's sort of like, if you get past the first, just just little intro sequence where things are a little bit rough in the early intro sequence, I'll admit that. um, And then you get to some of the game's better ideas... Um, it really just completely shines through. Um, I've noticed as well that since they've patched the game, I think, three or four times. Not not to the degree that Cyberpunk's been getting patched, but, like, certain little changes here and there that were necessary. Uh, the game's run better, sort of, technically, so you've got to give credit to the devs for doing that. You know, for not just, sort of, leaving their game there and, and that sort of thing. Um, but I'm I'm very, very, very impressed, uh, so far. And, uh... It's one of them games as well where once you figure out how to do something... Because to me there's sort of two stages in this game. There's like when you get to a puzzle or a situation where you got to try and get out alive. The first part of the reward is, okay, figuring out how to get out of this situation. Which is, oh, I need to throw this or, d- or jump here or do whatever you need to do. And then actually executing that and then actually successfully doing it is a whole other just thing. And... Um, I'm just very happy with with how it's turned out, so it's pretty good. Uh, any particular thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, I mean, I saw a little bit of the stream and I saw the things that you uh, put out on the YouTube channel. It's definitely an interesting game. I, you know, I remember vaguely-ish when it first first came out, but it's just one of those things that haven't been in the franchise in so long. I don't really have a, a basis for that. So, mm-hmm. yeah, because if you if
0: you told young matt from 20 something years ago that like hey this is and you and you showed me what old old Soulstorm looks like when i was much younger i that 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 probably would have been a very happy child um so to speak so not i i now just to be kind of clear when i was growing up and stuff i didn't play the ed games i watched my dad and my sister play them because they were a little bit kind of like i was a little bit sort of I don't know if scared is the right word, but, you know, I was young and there's, like, themes of, you know, slavery and some of the... T- to a younger child, at least to me, some of the enemies were, like, a little bit scary and that sort of thing. So, there's there's little, like, horror elements in there. So, I never played them. Uh, I never played them until way, way, way later when I played, um, I think, the first AVE game on... When I went back a couple of years ago on my PS3 and played I think that was the first time I'd, sort of, gone into them myself. Um... But yeah, that, that little Matt would have been uh, very happy with how this game turned out. Which is good. Which is very, very good. So, uh, other stuff. Played some COD. Obviously, that is kind of the, the same uh, thing as as usual. Still quite fun. Um, and that sort of thing. Just just a you know, fun game with friends. And that sort of thing. So, um, I did unlock... Uh, I know you didn't quite get what I was explaining last week with the weapons and things. Because obviously you don't play the game. So you wouldn't really know which weapon I'm talking about. Uh, I did unlock the uh, Dragon Breath thing for the shotgun. It's really quite lethal. Um, Now, that being said, because it's a fire uh, breath, uh, or it's called fire breath, or whatever, the the ammo type for it... um, Because people like to use EOD, which is basically... um, Gets you reduced damage against, like, explosives and fire, and that sort of stuff... If you shoot somebody with the Dragon Breath... Uh, you sometimes will get like a little EOD marker, but sometimes it will kill them, sometimes it won't. So when that comes up, you got to be kind of prepared of like, okay, am I going to have to pull off another shot? Am I okay to kind of like, are they, are they going to die in a second? Because one of the really good things, one of the really specific good things about that shotgun or that ammo type is if you hit somebody from a bit of a longer distance, and obviously it's a shotgun so it won't quite reach, if you sort of catch them on fire with it... And then they'll just be burning. So it'll probably kill them. So it's a sort of like... You don't have to completely damage them with the shot that you make. It's what you hit them with that kills them later on. So uh, it was quite satisfying to uh, to unlock that actually. And to to change the gun. And uh, yeah, I feel pretty rewarded. Which I think is, uh, is very, very good. So uh, that's good as well. Um, played a little bit more Pez. Um, my team was doing fairly well for a few games. And started to struggle for a bit. So... I don't quite know what to do with the team. I've signed a bunch of players, but I've got to wait until uh, the January in the calendar for uh, to, to receive some of those players. So that's a little bit annoying, but it's going relatively well so far. Um, what other game have I been playing? Um, I think that's pretty much it, but quite a lot of time I spent with uh, Old Old Soulstorm, which has been very good. So we shall see. I have set up a uh, a post or a draft for the um the review because I know I'm going to be doing that relatively soon. Uh, it's quite a long game. I'm sure I've been playing the game for like twelve hours or or something. And uh, the story is giving you me hints as to like where it's where it's going and that sort of thing. And that there's a clear sort of story path, but it's just a case of uh getting Abe to that particular point. So um, by the way, also the cutscenes are glorious as well. Uh, not just from like a visual perspective, but um, they're just really, really well done. So, Anyway, uh, that's what we've been playing. Uh, let's get into a bit of housekeeping and then we'll do some news after. See you for that in a minute. Hi there and thanks very much for listening. Today I'm here to tell you about our two different affiliate links, the first of which is our Amazon affiliate link. That's where you can shop on Amazon. We can get a small cut of what you spend, but it won't cost you anything extra. So whether you're Alright, recently on Entertainment Talk, uh, there's a lot of football happening, by the way, at the moment. There was a game on Sunday, a game on today, and there's going to be a game on Thursday. Basically because the Liverpool game got delayed from a few weeks ago because of the protests. And uh, they've all been scheduled kind of for like this week so we'll see what happens uh there might be the game on thursday there might be another protest but there should be the game later on uh today against leicester that kicks off in about two hours or so so um look out for the podcast for that later uh but fear the walking dead still uh continuing season six episode 12 is the newest one that was from yesterday so you can check that out if you want to uh sony also dropped a trailer for um Venom, let there be Carnage, which is the sequel to the 2018 Venom reboot with uh, Tom Hardy. It's going to have uh, Woody Harrelson in the role as Carnage. I uh, discussed and watched the trailer on the podcast, and I uh, I didn't really like the trailer. Uh, what did you What did you think? Did you see the trailer?
1: Uh, I did see the trailer. I didn't think it was great, but then again, I haven't seen the first movie, so a lot of the ah, references okay. I'm not getting. So
0: mm-hmm. yeah, it's just. Uh, There's a few problems there repeating from the first film and a few new problems with the second film. So, we'll see. It it could be a great film. We don't know yet. Uh, But uh, you can listen to me talk about that if you want to as well. Uh, United cast episodes. (coughs) uh, We beat Aston Villa by three goals to one on Sunday. So, that was very, very good. Uh, There's not many games left in the season, by the way. So, um. It will be finished by, well, it depends on what happens with the process. If there is any more of them, if they delay any more games. But it should be finished by the end of May. Uh, Man United did lose 3-2 to Roma um, in the semi-final with the Europa League. But we won 5-8 on aggregate because we won the previous leg. uh, Six goals to do. Uh, Long story short, Man United are in the Europa League final, which will be played in a couple of weeks. So uh, there might be a trophy on the horizon, which could be very, very good. Uh, We play Villarreal in the final. I believe that's on the 26th of May. Uh, which is a Wednesday, so we'll see how that goes. Uh did a podcast talking about my thoughts on the Superman news. Uh, DC is looking for a black actor to play the role of Kal-El or Clark Kent, uh, which is weird because they've already got somebody who plays the role. His name is Henry Cavill, who's been in three slash four, depending on how you count Justice League um, films, so I gave my thoughts on that and the situation there. Uh, so there's another podcast there. Uh, Breaking Bad, still doing that. Season 2, episode 4 is the newest one. We'll do episode 5 of Season 2 tomorrow. Um, and yeah, that's pretty much everything we've been doing on entertainmenttalk.org and on podcast platforms. Uh, let's go into some news. uh I'm going to go first this time and uh, talk about uh, EA who of course does the Battlefield games. The Battlefield and the Battlefront because that's sort of their like Battlefield Star Wars games. The, the Star Wars Battlefront games. Uh, but they are going to probably be revealing Battlefield 6 which is the next one in the franchise uh, at some point uh, in June. I'm guessing this will probably be part of what do they call it EA Play usually where they focus on like battlefield battlefront and sports and then whatever other sort of little games they want to do uh so we'll see how that goes uh i'm kind of intrigued by battlefield 6 um i think the 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 battlefields 3 and 4 games not necessarily not so much with battlefield 5 and 1 um battlefield 3 and 4 seem to do this really cool thing with The kind of scale of war that you would see. Um, Because one of the games. I can't remember. I think it was Battlefield 4. Had like a really really good gameplay style and everything. And it was really good. But it had a bunch of like uh, server issues. When it launched and things. Which basically made it really really difficult to play. Uh, So I'm curious to see what time frame they go for. With Battlefield 6. uh, Given that they did. uh, I think it was World War 1 or 2. I can't remember which one they went for. uh, With Battlefield 5. Um. I'm kind of expecting them to go back to modern day ish. Uh, I've been talking, this is interesting as well, there's a few things to tie this into. Um, So I've been asking some of my uh, COD friends as to, you know, what they're going to do. There's going to be a new COD this year, there's going to be a a new Battlefield game. Are we going to keep playing this game? Which I'm happy to do so because I like uh, COD Modern Warfare, the 2019 game. But, uh, you know, new games are going to come out eventually and people are probably going to sort of move on and that kind of stuff. And,. a few people that i played with said that they are in they're looking at what battlefield is kind of doing next which hey if if that's a good game and it's a good sort of uh modern warfare not modern warfare modern kind of boots on the ground shooter game then that kind of takes my interest because in terms for me for these like first person multiplayer shooters or just story games as well um i all, all i kind of want is something set in modern warfare um or like modern day ish and have the boots on the ground kind of thing. I don't want none of this sort of like futuristic Titanfall stuff. And I don't really... I'm not really into the whole like going back in time and World War 2 and all this sort of like... That kind of time period. I've, I've played a few COD games that are from that time. I think Call of Duty World at War which came out after COD 4. Um... Was, was relatively good. But I, I'm not really interested in that anymore particularly. I want to kind of stay in uh, in modern day. So we'll see what they do. Uh, I haven't heard any hints as to where it's set. Because that, that to me is going to be a big kind of thing. In terms of where this is sort of set. Now if it's set like a little bit in the future. To, to where it's not you know like a Titanfall game. Or where it's set a little bit in the future. To where okay there's a few bits of like futuristic technology. But it's still boots on the ground i'll be okay with that as well um but we'll we'll see kind of where it goes but uh what do you think about maybe battlefield ticks and what they might do there robert
1: i mean there's a lot of different ways they can go with it the yeah. fact that there's a new battlefield game this year i mean it's you know it's like a day that ends in y i mean it's not all that unexpected <laughs> um i've never really played those games um but they're they're very ubiquitous at this point. So if it goes in the future, hey, it's nothing they haven't done before. If they go into the past, it's nothing they haven't done before. If it's modern day times with modern day tech, hey, it's nothing they haven't done before. Honestly, the whole genre just exhausts me from its repetitiveness.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: But uh, I just don't
0: wanna. I don't wanna be doing wall running, and I don't wanna shoot somebody who's running along a wall, and I don't want a jetpack, and I don't want to shoot somebody who's got a jetpack. Uh, if if that makes sense, and I definitely don't want. I mean, Titanfall is great. I I enjoyed what I did play of it. Um, but I don't want to be like climbing into a big mech titan sort of thing either. I want to like be desperately taking cover and have like an AK forty seven, and try and do just the normal boots on the ground type of thing. Because that's that when it comes to even even when it comes to like films and TV shows and that sort of thing, that's what I like to see as well. Um, I'm not like you know completely against futuristic stuff because there's a, there's a line between doing a modern day story and doing a story that's like thousand years in the future or something and you've got all this crazy technology uh you can do something to where it's set you know 10 years in the future where technology is a little bit more advanced but it's not like crazy it, yeah it's not some sort of sci-fi game like halo or anything like that so um when it comes because i know that Because to me, right, when you talk about those futuristic shooter games, that's Titanfall and Halo. When you talk about the the boots-on-the-ground type of games, that to me is Battlefield and Call of Duty. That's where I think those franchises should just sort of stay. Um, That's one thing that did kind of put me off about moving over to um, Black Ops Cold War. Is, okay, I just don't want to go back to that time period. Um, Plus, the game itself wasn't very good, but that's a different thing for a different time. Um... They also didn't have the game mode which everybody that I like plays, which is uh, Cyber Attack. So that's and that there's, there's a lot of reasons we didn't move over to, uh, to Cold War. So, um, funnily enough, a lot of people that I've talked to that played Cold War was like, yeah, they bought it and they played it for like a few hours and they tried to get a refund or sell it or like take it back or whatever. So, um, it it, uh, it if you read reports that Black Ops Cold War sold well, that's because it did. But the other part of that story is that people brought the game hoping it would be the good old black ops series it turns out it wasn't that good and people tried to sort of like get refunds on the game or just like sort of not play it so yeah it sold a lot of copies but uh the player base i don't think is doing very well um but then they've also got you know the warzone stuff that they tried to tie into it so we'll see what happens with battlefield 6 um i'm curious because there's going to be some decisions i'm gonna have to kind of make because there's going to be a new cod this year I'm still playing Modern Warfare. Black Ops Cold War to me is a, just a no-go. Battlefield 6. I don't know if I'll move over to that. Uh, there's also Factions 2 as well. Uh, which brings me to... Uh, I want to go to a question here that we've got from Harry. And uh says, with Factions 2 probably on the way, what is Matt planning to do with that and with another COD on the way this year? Um, I mean, by the time we get to the end of the year, right, and we've probably got a new Call of Duty... Uh, which I think is sticking with World War One or two. I can't remember which one it's it's trying to go for. Which again doesn't interest me. Uh, a new Battlefield six. We don't know necessarily where that's going to be set. And a new um, and uh, factions two. Whether or not factions two is this year, we we don't really know. But yeah, it's gonna. I'm gonna have some. Obviously, I'm gonna be playing COD uh, Modern Warfare for for like the foreseeable sort of future. Probably until the end of the year. But you know, if if Battlefield 6 is good and sort of modern day boots on the ground and all my friends move over to there, maybe I move over there. Um, I haven't got some sort of, like, loyalty towards COD. It's just who, who, whoever makes the best online game with the boots on the ground, modern-ish kind of warfare, I'm going to go over to whatever that one is, so... We'll see. Uh Last of Us Two is a whole different ball game as well because some of the people that I play COD with, some of them are on, some of them are on Xbox, some of them are on PC. Um the Xbox people won't be playing Factions 2 because they won't be able to probably get it because it's obviously naughty dog Sony. Um PC players won't be able to to get it either. So um I I don't really see a scenario where I'm playing let's say a shooter game, whether it's Battlefield or COD or whatever situation and Factions too, and trying to still complete story games on top of, you know, everything else. I don't know. So, I don't know at the moment. I'll just have to see what these things look like when they uh, officially get announced. So, we shall see. Uh, sticking with COD, actually, as well. Um, Activision has cut ties with the actor... I've not got his name written down. I couldn't actually find it, weirdly. Um... The actor who does the voice for Ghost, who is basically one of the main characters in the modern warfare series uh he made some uh, alleged uh, sexist comments and that sort of thing, so Activision uh went to cut ties with him. I don't know what he said I couldn't find that either um but all I'll kind of say about it because I can't judge on what he said because I don't know what it actually was of course you know we're against sexism in general, but we don't ha- i don't I don't know what he said or within what context or whatever so I can't judge what he said at all um but uh it, it's interesting with this because the character of ghost specifically is not one that cod is gonna need to regularly be using really um i mean you can buy the or you can un- unlock the operator for him in uh, modern warfare which is basically where you walk around with because he's got like a particular mask that you use and that kind of thing and sort of like his outfit and that sort of stuff. So you can like unlock or buy the uh, like skin for the character basically. So you can walk around as ghost in, in Modern Warfare. Uh, I don't think I've got that unlocked. I'm not actually sure. But um, yeah. um, But in terms of like because story wise they're probably never going to need to use that character again. Because um, that whole Modern Warfare saga is sort of finished really. Uh, at least from his character's kind of side um and i can't think of where else you would really use that character because if you're making um a new call of duty world at war game sorry not world at war uh world war 2 game there's no way that ghost is going to be in that because he he wasn't from the like there's this there's no way really story-wise from now onwards That that character is going to fit into. So I mean in terms of like the operator character still being on the game. uh, They don't use the voice cast really for that. Plus the, the lines are already in the game. So in terms of like Activision paying him to record new stuff or do new scenes or whatever. I don't see that happening anyway. So in terms of like is this a loss for the game? Not really because he's kind of done his job before whatever happened happened. So... It's not. It's not this big deal to where, like, you know, if something happened with a big actor and you've got to recast him or, or him or her or something like that. So, yeah, in terms of the game, this this isn't gonna affect it at all, really. Um, so yeah, it's not really lost for the game. So he's obviously been uh, let go by Activision. So in terms of, I suppose, if they use the voice, if they wanted to in future use the voice actor for different roles in COD, that's not gonna happen. But you can just get somebody else to do that so uh what do you think of all this situation
1: well i actually am more familiar with the situation uh the voice actor's name is jeff leach okay and this is something that i really don't want to go over on the podcast because this is one of those things to where it's super opinionated it's super just insane uh once we're done recording I'll, i'll give you the full skinny on it personally i think it's complete and total bullshit because one, it's one person's utter vendetta, and two, the, the information in question is from 2017, and three, this All right. uh, we'll talk about it more off podcast, and then if we want to talk about it next week on podcast, we can. It, it's, it's part of cancel culture, which I fucking hate, because it's a basic purity test, and the problem with the purity test is that nobody's pure. And this is just one of those things that's going to be a thing, and then it's just going to snowball into more things, which is going to snowball into more things. And it's just part of the human nature that I just truly hate.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, it's interesting you meant... What year did you say? 2017? 2017.
0: So I'm just trying to think of the history of COD since 2017. Um, So the, the character himself was in COD 4 Modern Warfare, which is a 2007 game.
1: Okay, here here's the thing, it has nothing to do with the character. Uh-huh. It is one hundred percent to do with the voice actor. Mm-hmm.
0: No, I'm just saying where the char- I'm just explaining where the character has been. Um yeah. in terms of the games. So he his the character himself itself was on that Call of Duty, Modern Warfare, and I think Modern Warfare 2. I don't I don't remember the character in Modern Warfare three. Uh those games are all way before twenty seventeen. Um but they were remastered a few years ago. I think it was after twenty seventeen. Uh I don't know I didn't play the like remastered versions of the campaign, so I don't know if they had to re record any lines. Um so obviously they've they've called it ca- called him out for it now and got rid of him now, where they'll probably they'll probably never need to record anything new for the character, which is what I'm trying to sort of point out. So in terms of them needing him for like, oh we need ghosts for this thing or whatever that will probably never happen. Um, because I can't see a situation where you'd need that character again. Um, I mean you can make him an operator in a future game. But that doesn't mean you have to give him voice lines. You can just get the character design. Um, over to the new game. Uh, but yeah I don't, I don't know if he recorded new lines after 2017. For the remastered versions. Because I didn't play those campaigns. I wouldn't have imagined that they would needed to record new lines for it. Um, so... Maybe they didn't, haven't even used him after 2017, which is the, maybe the situation. That's, that's just kind of my guess. So, um, but I'm not completely sure because obviously one of the big things about remastering uh, the first and second Modern Warfare games was you know updated controls and visuals, and so that you could play them on uh, modern consoles mainly PS4 and that sort of thing. Um, so, yeah, I guess it, it is what it is. Um, he'll probably move on and work somewhere else um but yeah that's uh that's what we got so uh but yeah that's the situation with the ghost actor uh so us move on from that to uh resident evil 8 uh or village which it's sort of subtitled called or whatever uh you've got a piece of information on that as well so we'll sort of combine these two things together if you'd like to do that uh so there was a inf- bit of information from capcom now this game came out this week, wasn't it? I haven't really sort of kept track of.
1: Uh, yeah, it's, was it... it's at the time of recording, it's about four days out of release.
0: Okay, uh, was it on? Uh, was it on Friday then that it came out? Yeah. Okay, I, th- I thought so. Uh, which I haven't played myself particularly yet, and I couldn't play the demo because it had a stupid timer on it. Um, not a timer to where you've got thirty minutes to play this game. A timer to where, hey, come back in six days and you can un- unlock this free demo. So I never got to try it. So. Um, But yeah, Capcom said that they eased up on uh, what they called tension curve after players found Resident Evil 7 too scary. Now what I find interesting about that is um, Resident Evil 7 was one of them games where it sort of like supported VR mode. You could play it outside of VR, but you could also play it with PlayStation VR as well. I wonder if that's a bunch of people that played Resident Evil 7 in VR... And got completely scared of it. Which is completely understandable. Like I've not got anything against that at all. Uh, Because I played Resident Evil 7. And even. um, I don't think I had a VR system at the time. But I didn't play it in VR anyway. Um, And just experiencing that game through the TV. And how kind of. I mean it's supposed to be scary. It's a horror game. It's a Resident Evil game. Um, But yeah. Thinking about some of the sort of like. Because it's first person. It's very sort of close up. And claustrophobic. And sort of small area so if you're like if you've got that shoved in your face in vr yeah that's going to be pretty scary um i mean i've even played certain other horror games in uh in vr as well um so i can imagine that would be pretty scary what do they i mean i I don't know if i'm coming across as a little bit silly here but what does tension curve mean i know what tension is but what's a do you know what a tension
1: curve is yeah because anytime you describe a curve it's like a difficulty curve or an intensity curve, or anything like that. It's basically the scale upward. And when they describe it as lowering it, they mean they, they still want that level of tension. They're just going to take longer to get there. Uh, probably the easiest way to describe it was the uh, um, the old uh, uh, BMX games, uh, Trials, because it had a difficulty oh, yeah, yeah. curve, but it was yeah. very, very subtle. It's like you you when you hit the point where you couldn't go past the maps anymore... It wasn't that the map was too hard or impossible. It was just that your skill level in the game wasn't as high as the skill level required for that map. That's why I always liked those games because it was a very, very general curve. So you could play a good chunk of the game and not be super good at it. But when you hit that wall, you very much knew it was because whatever mechanic of the game you have to be skilled at to get past it, you weren't there yet. Mm -hmm. Um, And some people never get past it. There's several that... uh, never got past it as well. Um several I mean I there's several games of in that genre that I play that I never got past that skill curve. But then you'll get some games like Dark Souls to where <laughs> the difficulty curve starts at like eleven to begin with and you just gotta power through it. Mm. Um so obviously they're just trying to get people more into the game without being as tension um, as it was before. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. Um I kind of have some interest in playing Resident Evil 8. I've seen very very mixed um reviews or uh opinions on it. Some people said like hey this game's kind of just meh or it's like not really great and some people are like oh my god I love this. this is my favorite Resident Evil game. Um obviously I don't can't have an opinion yet, because I didn't even get to play the demo um which is i I don't know why you I don't know why you'd put a locked timer on your demo to where like hey, come back in six days it's like th- this isn't some sort of multiplayer event where people got be at the same place at the same time. I don't know that was weird um, but uh obviously that's all all gone now anyway um yeah, what I'm gonna basically do is so i'm gonna fi- i'm gonna finish off my current playthrough of Oddworld soulstorm uh we'll see if I get the good or the bad ending. I think I'm gonna get the bad one um because I, I, I've saved a good amount of Madokans, but I don't know if I've quite saved enough, but we'll see when I get to the end. Then I need to go back to Last of Us 2 and finish off the playthrough of the game that I was doing, um, which is the uh, pl- the Platinum um, run for it. Because I, all, all I need to do is upgrade the um, player skill tree things, no, the player upgrades, and uh, the weapon upgrades. That's the only two trophies that I'm missing everything else in the game I've done. Um, but I was using the, uh, Unlimited Explosive Arrows, which was a ton of fun. So, I'm going to go back and do that. Uh, that will take quite a bit more time. And then I'm going to go and try and finish, um, Super Mario Odyssey. And then I'm going to... I'm, I, at that point, I'm going to go back to Boomerang. I'm going to put Resident Evil Village in my list. And the Super Mario game and Cyberpunk. And kind of just see where things go from there. So, we'll see. Um... Because I I'm kind of interested in it I I mean Resident Resident Evil as a franchise to me is just a little bit of a mess really I mean two and three the remakes were good three less so uh, the remake of two was very good but um, I've never quite I I kind of like understood the story a little bit of Resident Evil but there's sort of like different timelines and because what happens in from my understanding what happens in 7 and 8 cuz that's 8, so i think a direct sequel to 7 but resident evil 2 3 4 5 and 6 are all connected i'm not sure about the first game and then you got all these other like weird spin-off games like revelations and uh, raccoon city and all that sort of stuff uh so i don't know i don't know but uh, i'm i'm uh, i'm curious to go to go back to it uh, or to check out resident evil 8 and uh see what it's like so uh you had a story that was related to resident evil as well what was what was that
1: yeah so the story i have um the resident evil village broke pretty much every record for any resident evil game as a launch title the game netted 101,726 concurrent players on its may 7th release mm. according to steam database what makes it, which makes it the biggest piece for, uh, peak for any Resident Evil game released on PC to date. Uh, the second best release was actually Resident Evil 2 Remake, but that was only at 74,000. The other PC launches that they were able to record, because obviously this game goes way back before Steam and um, streaming and anything like that, uh-huh. uh, Resident Evil 3 Remake saw a peak of 60,000, and Resident Evil Launch uh, only pulled in 20,000 concurrent players. And the game is also massive on- on twitch too um there were seven six hundred and fifty eight thousand viewers across the platform on friday um with uh that was the peak and then now it's uh been sitting at an average of two hundred and seventy five thousand viewers uh for the past twenty four hours It also hit uh fifteen on the top games being played on Steam right now um obviously games uh like Rust, Rainbow Siege 6, Grand Theft Auto, they're still in the top. <laughs> yep. But it's a pretty big launch for the game, so. Cool, cool. Uh, yeah, I think
0: 2's the best one, at least out of the ones that I've played. I've not played, I know 4's uh, got a lot of love, but I've never tried that one out. 5, I, I don't, I mean, you can have your own opinions or whatever. I don't care what anyone else says. 5 is easily the worst. 5 is a terrible game. <clears throat> I've heard that 6 is worse than 5, though. And I've not played Resident Evil 6. Um, in case some of you are wondering as well. I know I've like very vocally said that I really like zombie stories. And I even did a podcast on the uh, topic itself a few weeks ago. To me, Resident Evil is not a zombie franchise. I know some of you might be a bit confused by that. Or like surprised I've said that. There's zombies in the game. But they're not what I would associate as like... Because uh, to me, there's different types of tra- traditional zombies. Resident Evil doesn't really have those in the same way that they kind of do but they kind of don't but Resident Evil to me more fits in the category of like monsters as opposed to zombies which some monster stories I quite like you know Quiet Place the first one is my favorite uh horror film and I'm really 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 looking forward to the second one uh coming out hopefully in a couple of weeks hopefully we don't go into another lockdown please don't do that to me um because I've already waited 14 months for that film um, so, I'm really looking forward to uh, a Quiet Place 2. Now, a Quiet Place does, as a franchise doesn't have zombies, it has these like tentacle sort of monsters, uh, but they're very cool and they're very dangerous and deadly, uh, which I quite like. But Resident Evil to me, it because it some certain franchises I would admit have kind of pulled me in a little bit just because they got zombies, but Resident Evil's never pulled me in that way because it doesn't really have traditional sort of zombies. Uh, now, I know it's something like The Last of Us, where you've got... Because r- runners, to me, in that game, is their, like, traditional zombie. Then you've got things like Clickers, which is, like, a runner, but sort of evolved or w- whatever. Um, and then you've obviously got things like Bloaters that aren't really zombies or whatever. But it does have zombies in there, because that's what I would class the runners as. Um, what do you think of all that, and where do you kind of, where, where do you stand in general with, like, Resident Evil?
1: Uh, I mean, I played the first couple of games. I played one on my Dreamcast, which tells you how long ago that was. Yeah. Uh, I think I played two. It, it, the genre just never really interests me, so I just never really kept up with it.
0: Mm. Uh, like
1: I've always said, if it's a genre you like and it's a game you enjoy, go for it. You ain't hurting Absolutely. me none. Yeah, Absolutely. Um, I just, it, it never really was in my wheelhouse. And it's not even the horror aspect. I play a lot of zombie games. Well, I know you love zombie games. I just sent mm. you that clip the other day of an upcoming zombie movie, um, which looks really interesting, by the way. Um, can't wait to see more yeah. on that. Zack Snyder and zombies. Um, you've, you've got my interest. So yeah,
0: yeah. Um, and, uh, Dave, but Dave, uh, Dave Batista as well. So yep. Is that is that supposed to be a prequel of another film? I think it is.
1: I don't know. I I know so little about Does it. I, I think what... it's
0: just. Because I want to watch whatever film that is that's related to it, but uh, I'll have to ask Barry. He's kind of the horror guy of uh, our I little it group. check with Dave
1: as well. He would probably know, or he would know who would know. Mhm. Yeah. So,
0: but uh, that 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 has my interest as well. So, uh, which it that 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 uh, Army of the Dead film does look a little bit more on the sort of adrenaline crazy side of zombies, but I'm still up for that if if that's what that is. So, and hey, Dave Batista, Zack Snyder, directed. Um, It was funny as well, he he came out um, a few weeks ago and was like, hey, there's no Snyder cut of this film. Because this this is the Snyder cut. Uh, Sort of throwing shade at Warner Brothers of like, hey, you won't need to see a different cut of this film because this is what I wanted to do. So, I thought that was pretty good. (laughs) So... Uh, but, uh, yeah, love horror, love zombies and that sort of thing. Uh, as, I was, as I always say, if any of you have got any, any recommendations, whether it's zombie games, films, TV shows, comic books, uh, please uh, send them in and let me know which ones I should check out. So uh, let's move on from all that. Uh talk about Halo Infinite, which is the upcoming big Xbox game, which got delayed. Uh, that was supposed to launch with the Series X, wasn't it? But then it got delayed. So Yep. Which was... Five, six about seven months ago, whenever November was. Yeah, about that. We're
1: closing in on almost a year.
0: Yeah, almost. So. Uh but it says here from GameSpot. Um Halo Infinite new weapon, vehicle and brute enemy enemies, sorry, revealed. Uh while we wait for the big reveal this summer, E3, uh, Microsoft announces some new Halo Infinite details. Halo developer Three Four Three Industries has shared some images of a brand new vehicle, weapon, and brute enemy that are coming to Halo Infinite. Uh, the new vehicle is called the Razorback, uh, and is described in a blog post as the Warthog's more spacious and robust cousin. Uh, it does look quite look- like like a Warthog. There's a picture in this um, excuse me, in this article. So it looks, uh, yeah, as they've described. Uh, according to four three, sorry, according to three four three, uh, it's perfect for um crashing banished house parties with and taking on scenic drives. You can see some concept art for it below, which I've just looked at. Um, looks like a good vehicle. Looks tough. Looks big. Looks spacious, as they've described. So, cool. Um, it bears a resemblance to Halo's iconic Warhog, but it has, but as is immediately obvious there is no machine gun i didn't actually notice that for some reason but yeah there's no machine gun on it um because it had like a turret that you could you could have like a friend set on the back of it and shoot the turret and that kind of thing so uh in fact it doesn't look like it's weaponized at all it's possible this is a vehicle purely for a traversal or perhaps this is just one variant of the warthog. Either way, it looks great. Presumably, it will be available both in campaign and multiplayer. I would, I would have thought so. Yeah, uh, given it's a new vehicle and everything, as it often as is often the case for Halo's vehicles. As for the new weapon, uh, the scrap cannon is a brute weapon that is deadly and detachable. According to 343, its nickname early in development was Gatling mortal, mor- sorry, mortar, Gat- Gatling, Gatling Mortar, yeah, uh, as sorry, it's at least the second new brute weapon to be revealed for Halo Infinite following the skewer, I don't remember what that was, but okay. Uh, finally, 343 showed off some concept art for the for um two brute brothers who uh, players will meet on their journey in Halo Infinite, 343 said they aren't fans uh, of spartans so it sounds like players will be fighting them in the campaign additionally free for free uh teased that it will have even more to share about other members of the evil banished falcons in the coming months again we'll probably see some more at e3 uh, a big news event for halo infinite is coming this summer though microsoft has yet to formally announce it uh we're also expecting to learn more about Halo Infinite's beta plans. I suspect it will have one. Uh, recently, uh, Microsoft's Joseph Statton... Uh, yeah, Statton teased a potential new Halo Infinite trailer. Uh, so, it's supposed to release this holiday on... Well, Xbox in general. So... Um, was it say it's included on Game Pass cuz obviously we have the day and date thing for Game Pass while the multiplayer element is free to play which is interesting as well so um i've been thinking a little bit about um you know when you look at the the three the three big guys of the gaming industry you have got Nintendo you have got Microsoft you got Sony obviously you got third parties Ubisoft EA and a bunch of other ones as well but uh, Bethesda's not third party anymore it's first party so um i'm thinking about like okay so with playstation this year you've got what horizon not horizon sorry ratchet and clank maybe horizon as well uh Returnal which has just come out and uh possibly horizon later on in the year because ratchet and Clank's supposed to be june so um with xbox you'd have i mean halo infinite this is a big game that kind of needs to come out You've got, at least to me, you've got Gears of War. I don't know when Gears of War 6 will be. Maybe we'll see something this year. Um, Because I think that was a 2019 game, if I'm remembering correctly. Gears of War 5, which is very good. I I quite enjoyed Gears 5. Uh, And I'm interested in uh, Gears 6. Uh, Hellblade, Senua's Sacrifice 2. I can't remember the full name of it, but the the sequel to that is going to be coming out. So those are the big games I'm kind of looking at. Obviously you'll have a, a new Forza something every year. Um and then with Nintendo obviously you've got Zario uh Zario Zelda and Mario I tried to combine their names uh Zelda and Mario Donkey Kong that kind of stuff so um yeah it'll be interesting to see what they show us at E3 I would imagine this game will come out in in holiday in sort of November sort of time um, Hellblade I think will be I don't think it will be this year I think it will maybe be next year uh because given what they said when was it they said it i think it was at e3 last year when they said that they were looking at like locations for doing things with the game still so it seemed like that game at the time was still in kind of early development so i'm not expecting to see that yet um when are you expecting to see maybe hellblade 2 and uh hello infinite as well
1: halo infinite i would kind of Think. I that's the game that I think might be out in 2021. I'm not mm-hmm. guaranteeing that. I'm not even giving it more than a 50% chance, but it is, you know, Microsoft and it is 343. So if it's something that they can throw bodies at, for lack of a better word, mm-hmm. to just get it done, then that's a title that they would absolutely do that up. I did do a quick search real quick. The, uh, the brute, the skewer is a brute weapon. It basically looks like a... A very short shotgun with a couple of spikes on each side. Mm. kind of looks like bull tusks. Um, and it shoots grenades. Uh, it it was a weapon designed for anti-tank fighting. So if they made a Gatling version of that, that's frankly a little terrifying. <laughs> um, yeah. So just imagine a uh, 20-barrel rocket launcher and uh, kind of that. Um, uh, so soon as Sacrifice, I don't see them coming out with that this year just because... No, no. That's a game that's more of a slow burn. It's not like a marquee title, even though it's a really good title. Mm-hmm. Um, it's won a ton of award. The original won a ton of awards. So that's one of those ones that you know when they have a nice lull, or if they have like they're done and they know it's good to go, then they'll release it. You got to remember though, this is gonna be this is gonna be a mad next six months for games because everything that's been delayed for the last year and a half is just gonna come out in a rush.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Because um, what what big games have we got on the horizon? We've got things like Suicide Squad, we've got uh Gotham Knights, we've got the Harry Potter game, we've got Halo Infinite, we've got all the PlayStation games I just mentioned, you've got uh new Battlefield game, new COD, probably new Assassin's Creed, um Cyberpunk when it's sort of fully done, I suppose. It kinda feels like Cyberpunk's not really out, doesn't it? in yeah. a weird way because it's like being patched and sort of worked on it's it's very strange um what else have you got kind of coming out uh things like biomutant which i saw a new gameplay thing for the other day that looks fantastic um i've been keeping my eye on that game for like a few years and it looks it looks pretty good so um, yeah i mean
1: just next month we've got chivalry 2 we've got the ninja gaiden collection we got ratcheting clank about that yeah, the uh Mario Golf Super Rush comes out. Oh. Uh Scarlet Nexus comes out. Uh Disgaea 6 comes out for the people that are into that. And then uh July we've got the Monster Hunter Stories 2. Uh-huh. Uh F1 2021, the uh Skyward Sword HD for Switch. Um Oh yeah. <laughs> and then we got games coming towards the end of the year like King's Bounty Two, No More Heroes Three, Death Loop, um tons of other stuff. Mm hmm. Um, you... Far Cry six at some point. Oh yeah, yeah. Um
0: where do you stand on uh Deathloop? To me, I just diff- I don't know what particular reason that game hasn't done anything to me. I I I I because with Bethesda and everything that game's got a lot of hype around it, and a lot of people are interested. I've got
1: absolutely no interest in that at the moment. I'm curious about it just because of the game mechanic. Um, it's one of those things that they're, they're... It's super unique characters, so it's very Overwatch in that. Mm-hmm, and we don't yeah. really know how or why any of the characters are in the, interacting and in what their state is being in. Um, so it's one of those things that I definitely want to learn about. Um, I don't know if I'll play it because it is owned by Bethesda. So at some point, I'm sure it'll be on Game Pass once it's filled. It's a uh, contractual obligations for exclusivity. Oh yeah, it's because that and uh, Ghostwire isn't it? Mm-hmm. They're, they're under that. So. Ghostwire Tokyo is definitely another one I'm I want to play. Mm-hmm. But I yeah. don't know. I, I'd have to know how soon. If it was something like a year, then I might just go ahead and buy it on PlayStation and play it there. If it's like three. Months, then I can just wait till it comes on Game Pass because mm-hmm. I've got eight Game Pass for about another year and a half. So yeah, yeah. Um But
0: uh, I don't know. We'll we'll see how it how it all kind of goes. But um Halo Infinite's kind of got my interest. I think Halo Five did a lot of damage to that franchise because um, Halo One through Four were pretty good. Um, especially the multiplayer for Three was was fantastic, uh, and the story in uh, Four as well was pretty good, but. They, they did. They made a lot of wrong choices in Halo Five, and uh, I don't know. It, it's a, it's a franchise to me that's still really, really big deal for Microsoft and for Xbox and and that whole brand. But it is on a bit of a shaky ground, I think, at the moment. So, and you know, ever since Halo Five and Halo Four, even uh, things have changed. I think in the gaming industry, and uh, it's it's got. I think that game's got a lot more competition than what it maybe realizes. So. We'll see. Uh, again, depends on what you're into, what you want to play. If you're a die-hard Halo fan, you'll probably get it, and we'll we'll see where it goes. So, uh, that's everything I've got to discuss. How about you?
1: Well, it seems to be a very law- lawsuit-heavy week. So, mm-hmm. but before we get into that, um, I did want to talk about um, Epic Game Store. Um, that's one of the more fascinating things about this Epic versus Apple trial. Um, which I don't have any new updates on that Because that's one of those things that, that You're going to get into the weeds on that So it's best just oh. to wait for the, the yeah. people that love Getting into the minutiae on that Just to do recaps for it hmm. um, But we have learned some uh, stunning things Like uh, in 2019 and 2020 Epic apparently promised about One billion in advances for exclusives Jesus. Including 115 million For Borderlands 3 exclusivity Um the, pa- the paperwork uh, from the trial shows that Epic offered Sony a $200 million advance to get first-party games on the Epic Game Store exclusively. Uh, we don't know what kind of deal that was supposed to have been because the, the paperwork just says $200 million MG Plus for four to six titles awaiting Sony's response. Um, MG, they assuming, means uh, minimum guarantee, which is how Epic refers to these exclu- exclusivity deals. Um, the wording is kind of ambitious. It doesn't say if it's 200 million per game or 200 million for four to six games. Um, so far, two games have hit the Epic Store from Sony: uh, Ready Set Heroes and Predator Hunting Grounds. Uh, obviously, we're not a, uh, God of War or Horizon. The next one to come out on Steam on Epic exclusivity. Um, it also shows that they have approached, that Epic rather has approached the big three game companies, because that was for uh, Sony. The offer out to Microsoft lists as opening conversations, internal feedback from Microsoft, their PC Game Pass leader is against what we're doing, no surprise. They are effective, effectively bidding against us for content, again, um, no surprise. And the interesting note here is that it lists Phil is meeting with Gabe at Valve occasionally. So again, that's no real surprise. I mean Microsoft does have its store, it does have its Game Pass for PC, but yeah, yeah. Steam is still a computer based platform. So obviously at a minimum they want to maintain good relations with Gabe Newell and Valve. Just so I mean they're competing against each other, but that doesn't mean they have to actively fight each other. Um the the thing that's not shocking is they list Nintendo first party titles and it's only a two line uh two line notice on this. It says non starter is a moonshot unto itself. Uh corporate history says this is a non starter. And that makes mm-hmm. sense because you can't even play Nintendo games on PC unless you, you know, find an emulator or a file online and download it and basically not steal it, because that goes into like, you know, it is nintendo's property but it's not like there's there's a ton of games that you can't actively buy uh so you have no way to get it outside of you know um uh torrenting it so
0: mm-hmm. this makes me laugh when you just mentioned nintendo the company that took their own game off their own store um about um uh just just under like two months or so ago with uh 3D All-Stars thing I'm still I was thinking about that a little bit today because I was kind of thinking about like okay once I'm done with Old World Soulstorm what am I doing next and uh thought about you know Mario, Mario Odyssey, not Mario Odyssey uh, Sunshine which is part of that collection um, that's so weird that they did that they did that but um, kind of got me thinking as well let's, let's just I want to paint a little fun hypothetical scenario let's say tomorrow some point tomorrow or it could even happen today I win a billion pounds for some reason, whatever, and I like The Last of Us a lot, or or something like that. And I want to contact Sony or Naughty Dog. You'd probably go to Sony, wouldn't you, uh, for mm-hmm. that? And let's say I've got a gaming platform. Doesn't matter what it is. Let's just say I've got a platform that can play games. And how how would you go about even like wording an email like that to say like, hey, we want to buy this thing for this amount of money i mean granted if it's epic games that said to sony hey we here's 200 million we want like to put these games on our store not buy them from you but we want them on our store as opposed to like somebody like me that they don't even know anything about me or whatever if if i just like hypothetically came across loads of money to where i could feasibly buy something off of them or like you know get rights to something from them how how do you even like write an email like that i mean that's it, it it's, it's very it, all this situation is very interesting to me because one thing i've said before is i like to look at things like the streaming wars and to see how much all these different companies are willing to spend to essentially outdo each other um because like netflix would look at hbo and see okay they're doing this what can we do to counter that how much money do we have to spend uh what can we get on our platform and to me this is epic saying like hey what can we do to compete in I not really not really the console wars but the gaming wars if you want to call them that because obviously Epic doesn't have a console they have a platform um and them to think like hey Sony games are doing I mean I don't know their exact thought process I'm just kind of like spitballing a little bit they think like hey Sony games are you know doing really well um you know they are critically acclaimed they they sell a lot of copies we would like to get them on our platform how do we do that give them a bunch of money um and how that how that kind of internally works uh I'm, I'm very I'm very curious about how some of those discussions kind of go um, but what what do you think of uh this situation?
1: Yeah, that's one of those things to where it gets really weird. I mean, at a very minimum, what you'd have to do is found a company, mm-hmm. get all the corporate stuff done. And then more than likely, you'd have to hire a lawyer to send the letter formally as a request for purchase uh-huh yeah um so that they would take it most five seconds to <laughs> uh um take it seriously mm-hmm. um and not just throw it in the trash, and even then they'd just run your company, oh, this company's five weeks old or a month old uh yeah, we'll just throw that in the trash, so
0: mm. Cause um. if I if I went on to like contact Sony or something or even like Sony PR, and they've got no idea who I am, uh, which is fair enough. Cause why would they know who I am? I mean, I have a PSN account, but that's about it. And then get an email from Entertainment Talk or Matthew or whatever, and it's like it's just this little line to say like, hey, I have, I don't know, a billion or five hundred million or whatever. Can I buy Last of Us Two? Somebody will probably look at that email and be like, uh, what is this? <laughs> you know so uh, i'm I'm just curious about you know obviously with the bigger companies uh if they've opened their email box and see one from epic um or if somebody uh, like th- i'm always curious about okay is this an email because somebody starts this conversation some way don't they and is it an email is it a phone call is it like a meeting that gets arranged but what what is how is the first contact kind of made uh especially when you're talking about you know 200 million pounds which to them isn't massive massive amounts of money but to us it kind of is so i just think that kind of stuff is uh very interesting so uh anyways move on from that what else do you want to talk about today Uh,
1: another interesting lawsuit is one being faced by sony Uh, according to a bloomberg report there is a class action lawsuit filed by consumers Uh, And it notes that they are restricting digital purchases of Sony games to the Sony Interactive Entertainment Store itself, specifically the PlayStation Store, and are able to charge up to 175% higher than physical games sold by retailers, both online and in stores. Um, The the example they give in the article is that Returnal, which is a PS5 exclusive, Mm -hmm. uh, just came out and is listed at $70 US. And obviously... Most of us don't have infinite money, so we're always looking to make a deal on a game. Um, but you cannot buy Sony digital codes anywhere. Um, just as an example, I pulled up uh, FIFA 2021 Champions Edition for the Xbox Series S/X um, digital code. It is currently, at least here in the States, on sale. Uh, as a digital code download for $20 versus it's $80 regular retail price. So obviously if that's a game that you really, really wanted, now's a really good time to get it because it's uh 60% off. I'm sorry, mm-hmm. 75% off for $60 less than what you would be paying for just a digital code. Um, you can buy the uh, physical edition, which is on sale as well, but that's listed as $30 versus the $20. So, you're getting the, you know, Champions Edition, which is obviously, you know, a, has more stuff in it, and you're saving 10 bucks as a digital code, and pretty much any Xbox product you can buy as a digital code. Like, you can buy a physical gift card, or you can buy a digital code. You can buy games uh, or digital code, and you can buy digital codes in stores, too. I don't know about in the UK, but in the US, in the gaming section, it takes a lot less space, and to have a rack of gift cards that are specific code downloads for games versus having stacks and stacks and stacks of physical games Um, I'm not the biggest fan of digital codes in the sense that it's basically a rental because at any point in time they can just say nope that that game's off the store anymore and that game's off the platform anymore and then you can't play it whereas with the physical games you can always play it um, in theory so Mm -hmm. yeah
0: um yeah they they do some of that stuff here in the UK. I mean I've I haven't been into a game shop for year and a half maybe. I can't, I can't remember the last time I went into one and sort of looked around probably. Obviously with the pandemic things have been open mm. and shut depending on which month you're talking about. Uh but no they did they did used to do um yeah like certain you could buy like credit in store and that sort of thing. Uh, obviously it's easier to do on the uh, the actual store itself because you can just put in the amount of money that you want but um they they do do they do actually do some of those things uh over here so um so what specifically is the lawsuit for
1: the exclusivity the fact that they can't the yet uh, retailers cannot sell digital codes um oh right from the store like like on amazon like I, like i was talking about on that i can buy yeah. digital codes from from amazon for my um and it'll it'll be a valid code and then if amazon decides to put it as a sale that's their choice to do that and then they can get that money versus buying it off of the microsoft store like directly on my xbox or from my um uh, microsoft app and do it that way Um, there is options and this exclusivity is fairly new they only shut that down in 2019 so it's not like it's something that's been going on for years and years and years. It's just something. It's like it's kind of the good slash bad thing with the all the lockdowns is that people have more time to find this stuff out. I, I mean, like I said, this is 2019, and we're over a year past that. And this is the first that I knew that you couldn't buy digital codes. Hmm. And I vaguely ish remember seeing the digital codes is like when I search a game um, on Amazon just so I can like price it out and see where it's at. It'll say. PlayStation, Xbox, PlayStation Digital, Xbox Digital, and it'll have different variants. And I never noticed that the PlayStation Digital code was gone, and I never thought about it. And now mm. I know why. Hmm. Uh, um. Yeah, it's
0: not it's not a great thing for them to have to have done. Um, like you said, this has been going on for a couple of years, but mm-hmm. uh, it's the first we've kind of like properly heard much about it in uh, within the last couple of weeks or so. Uh, since these sort of reports came out. So we'll see how it works out. Uh, we'll see if Sony sort of changes their mind. They've they've done a couple of these kind of things. Uh, or like similar things over the last couple of years. Uh, unfortunately this is something that Sony does sort of try to do now and again with certain things. Like if you remember with the cross play stuff with Fortnite and they locked it out. And there's uh, so, Sony with some of these particular things. I uh, haven't made the greatest decisions, I think it's fair to say. So um but uh, what I always kinda say about Sony is e- even though they do make these kind of weird decisions, you know, like with closing the PlayStation store and then reversing it and lack of backwards compatibility and uh struggle to like change your name, they'll they'll at, at some point, you know, a few months will pass and they'll go, Hey, you know, we got Ratchet and Clank. No one else has got it, we got it, you have to come over here and kind of like trying to, to me, it's a little bit of like trying to push their issues aside and say like, hey, don't worry about all these other issues. We have exclusive games that nobody else has got that are like, you know, quite critically acclaimed. Um, which is a bit of a shame, but it kind of has been working in a way because their games keep doing well. So yeah, I don't know, I don't know. We'll see, see how it work, how it works out.
1: It's so. one, of, it's one of those things that. Not much will probably ever get resolved, and the only thing that will happen is the law firms make a crap ton of money. Because mm. that's the way any of these lawsuits are, is the, you know, they, there's a massive lawsuit, it gets a giant number, and then 90% of that goes to the lawyers. Yeah, yeah. So, we'll see what happens. Uh, what else should you want to talk about? Well, staying on the lawsuit train, unfortunately, Activision Blizzard just won a nine-year-long lawsuit brought against it by Worlds Incorporated. If you've never heard of Worlds Incorporated, don't worry. Nobody else has either. They are the self-described leading intellectual property developer and licensee of patents related to 3D online virtual worlds and sued Activision Blizzard back in 2012 for allegedly infringing on five of their patents. These patents covered a system and method for enabling users to interact in a virtual space – Essentially claiming in the lawsuit that they invented Avatar's 3D multiplayer and the ability to uh, interact with other players in a 3D space. Uh, Worlds Incorporated specifically cited World of Warcraft and Call of Duty as the main culprits and requested Blizzard activation cease the infringement, which I guess means shutting down those games, which not going to happen, and paying out for the supposed patent violations. Uh, Activision Blizzard's lawyers argued that you can't really patent something as vague as 3D multiplayer systems (laughs) and systems for filtering players into a 3D environment, as well as retaliating with a lawsuit of their own back in 2013. Uh, The court uh, has recently uh, sided with Activision, saying that World Incorporated patents were abstract ideas, and that general steps listed in their patents do not provide the in- innovative concept to convert the abstract idea into a patent-eligible process. Um, and while obviously this isn't going to be the giant clusterfuck shitstorm that is Apple versus Epic, mm. I'm sure Activision Blizzard is happy to have this off the books. Because like I said, this has been a nice process for them just to get these people to F off.
0: Uh, it sounds a bit kind of uh, nitpicky to me. Um, I mean, you, if I think about some of the other lawsuits we talked about on this podcast, and not just the one we just talked about, but ones from before, um, the whole like 3D models things, like okay, um, I, I'm just okay, what well, I was surprised that as you were kind of reading all that out was you said obviously at the start of it. That it's been going on nine years, and then when you explain what it was, I was surprised that it's been going on for that long. Um, it feels like because I'm not any sort of legal person or lawyer or anything like that, so maybe I don't quite get the full situation. But, um, I would have thought something like that would have been solved before now, but apparently not. So sometimes
1: people dig their heels in, yeah, yeah, sometimes people do kind of um, dig around. <laughs> As you said, the, the part of the problem is—is is have you ever heard the term patent troll before? No, no. A patent troll is somebody that patents something vague or innocuous, and then waits for somebody famous to do or right. a corporation that has a ton of money to do something, so they can sue them and you know just get money. money for it.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Probably the most famous and blatant one is um, some guy claimed a patent on sequencing podcasts. Low, so like when you ha- like, we have our podcasts, and if you have the podcast app, you can play them in sequence based on air date. Mm-hmm. Somebody thought they had a patent for that. Um, obviously, you can apply for a patent, and it'll be pending. But they apparently either thought they had one or had one, and then tried to sue comedian Adam Carolla for six million dollars over it. And there's tons of them like that. There's actually an episode on Shark Tank to where. Have you seen those, like, giant coats slash hoodies that had, like, 9 billion pockets for you to put all your crap in? Kind of, yeah, kind of. Yeah, so some guy was on there, and he was talking about that and how he had patents for this and this and this and this and this. And Mark Cuban and just eviscerated him because I'm sure him being the internet guy that he is, he's had to deal with more than a few patent lawsuits in his time. And it he they, he just just went off on him it was he that was the only time i've really seen him lose his cool on that show and it wasn't like a a screaming shouty sweary throw things at you kind of lose a cool but you could just tell that he did not want to be in the same space as this guy Mm. yeah
0: so anyway we'll see how this works out uh what else you want to talk about today
1: uh well the last thing i have to talk about is another one that's really interesting in a sense Um, Anybody that has a University of Minnesota email has been banned from posting on the open source Linux kernel archives. Um, And this is because a group of researchers from the institution knowingly submitted buggy patches to the group in order to gauge community reactions for their research. Um, This comes from a post on Linus Tech Tips forum. Uh, for those people that don't aren't really onto the computer scene, uh, Linux is a open source operating system. Uh-huh. Uh, it it's Windows adjacent. It's not really Windows at all, it, yeah. but it, it operates on that kind of a platform. Um, it's open source, so you can com- contribute to anything. You can mod the operating system any way you want. Um, so that it's interesting that it's a it's a full band. This comes down from Linus Torvald, the creator himself. Um, according to the article, uh, the the way they went about this research was to um, post intentionally defective software to gauge, basically use the people that were using the software as guinea pigs uh, for that. Um, the researchers, according to the article, had been posting what the main what they maintain of the site um, identified as known buggy patches, after which, without owning up to it. Uh, they went to p- publish a paper on the topic, which is how this all came to about. Um, so now, the, now they're getting banned from any kind of posting or anything like that, and it's just really, really odd with that. Uh, the university itself did o- issue an open apology letter to the Linux community. Um, they did claim that the patches submitted did not introduce a vulnerability to the code which I have no way of proving because I am fairly familiar with computers, but I've never got into the programming slash you know, um, open source side of it, so I really couldn't say either way. Um, the article doesn't say either way. And I have no way to verify. Um, but there's no way of knowing if the band is permanent or if it's just for a while until people get their... Uh, act together um but it is interesting that somebody would do that as a well interesting in, in the horrifying sense that somebody would do that as a research project hmm. yeah um whenever it comes to coding
0: anything for entertainment talk i always ask uh because i'm always afraid that i'll like break something which isn't very hard which isn't very hard to do um if you're doing coding because if you get like one thing wrong things can kind of mess up. So um mm-hmm. i've always been a little bit nervous. when someone said like hey if you go into this thing and do this thing i'm like no no i'm not
1: i'm not i'm not doing that because i'll probably like delete the website or something um yeah and modding <laughs> is a big part of the gaming community like pretty much any big game out there that allows it will have mods um most of the bethesda games like skyrim and fallout 4 and fallout 3 games like that they have big mods um there's actually two mods there's one for fallout 3 and one for fallout new vegas that the mod is basically just a whole new game. Like, it's a whole storyline with voice actors and plot lines and quests and things like that. And part of me really wants to uh, play those, but the part of me that doesn't know anything about mods and how that works um, is terrified of it. But you can go on Twitch and just search uh, game mods, and you'll find people modding the crap out of games. Mm. Like, there's already a mod for Resident Evil Village that takes the uh, Lady Dimitru, or however you say her name. Yeah are into thomas the tank engine
0: Mm, i've seen that yeah
1: yeah um but no in terms of
0: like you know arranging podcasts recording them redesigning the website a little bit doing new menus that kind of stuff I'm, i'm good with all that but if it's like hey the website's down because something happened or it's slow because this is happening or whatever um i'm not very good at sort of dealing with that so it, it it depends exactly exactly what the issue is. Some issues are more easy to deal with than others. But uh just depends what it is. So uh, we'll see how the, all this goes. Uh, you said that's the last thing that you got?
1: Yeah, that's all I got. Cool. Uh,
0: let's move on from that into some of the other emails. We already talked about Harry's one. Uh, but if you would like to send in your thoughts, feelings, questions, comments, or whatever you've got. Uh, either about video games or anything related to entertainment talk uh method entertainment talk dot org, twitter e talk UK, contact page information in your show notes as well. Uh Beth says, uh do either of you play any mobile games? I know some see them as good uh, pastimes. Uh yeah I have got the um what's it called actually? Let me open my phone. Uh where's it gone? Crash on the run is what it's called. It's from uh King, the same developers I think for Candy Crush, might have that wrong. um That's the only mobile game I'm playing at the moment, and uh, it fits really well with Crash. It really is just sort of like okay, you do the sort of temple run kind of thing, but with a Crash Bandicoot skin, which sounds a bit sort of cheap and easy, but it fits pretty well because traditionally Crash Bandicoot has always kind of been a sort of you know corridor running, you know, you pretty much go forward most of the time anyway so you know if you put three tracks on there you know middle left and right and you have to go left to right or jump up or slide or whatever under certain things and then click the middle to like spin the boxes um yeah it works pretty well so that's that's pretty much it i've not got any interest in playing like candy crush or angry birds or anything like that so how about you
1: Yeah, I've played them from time to time. Uh, I did play the Angry Birds. I did play, if you think about it, Plants vs. Zombie was originally a mobile game. Mm, And there's some that I'll see, like somebody at work or somebody that's, you know, when I'm hanging out has a game on their app. I might check it out. I don't not call them games because anything that has a game mechanic is a game. Yeah, they're Um, games, yeah. Some of them are just blatant money vacuums, which I don't like. Yeah, Um, the Harry Potter. I'll play a game for a while, but then when it gets to the point to where... I either have to wait 48 hours to take my next action or pay five dollars. That's when I delete the game, just because you know I don't I don't like that as a tactic. I'm okay with it with microtransactions if it's a free game. Like if I'm literally paying zero dollars to buy a game, I don't mind doing microtransactions once or twice to support it, especially if it's a game that I really enjoy. But when it gets to the point to where all you're doing is spending money, then I have to delete the game. Um, outside of that. I mean, I play some from time to time. I haven't, I haven't gotten into one in a really long time. Some of them are like really good, and I actually have to delete them just because I'm playing too much of them. Uh-huh. Um, but they're they're a fun little time waster for when you're in the bathroom or or waiting for something like that. So, mm-hmm. yeah,
0: um, yeah. With the crash game, it has got waiting times for like upgrading things, but you can keep going. ...on the runs, so to speak... Uh, ...you can keep sort of like... ...going going through that... ...and uh, try not to knock stuff... ...so the, the game... ...because I remember when I talked about it... ...when it first came out... ...and people were saying... ...oh it's one of them games... ...where you have to like... ...pay money or wait... ...it is in terms of like... ...if you want to use items... ...and that kind of thing... ...but you don't... ...you're not just... ...you're not restricted in that way... ...from playing the game... ...you can still keep going on... ...on the different runs... ...of the crash... um, which is ...which is good... ...so... But uh, that's, that's that's all I play at the moment. And once I either finish with that or whatever, um, there isn't anything else. Upside. I I did try the Call of Duty mobile game, but it just didn't really fit with what I wanted. Plus, why would I play that when I've got a console version anyway? So, which I play pretty regularly. So, uh, Harrison lastly says, I've been watching some of the Star Wars films with my son. And that has been fun. Uh, Do either of you know when the Skywalker Saga Lego game is out? Can't find anything. Cheers, fellas. Uh, I don't. I did see the game got delayed a bunch of times over the last, like, year and a half or so. Uh, I don't know what the newest release date is supposed to be. Uh, Again, that could be one that's sort of pinned for E3, which isn't really even that far away now. Um, But, no, I, I think it was supposed to come out earlier this year, but it got delayed again. So... I'm not really sure uh, it's one that I'm kind of curious about because the, the, one of the good things to do with one of those Lego games is if you've got it with a franchise which has got a lot of characters like Star Wars um, then it gives you opportunity to like play as a different character quite a few times um, I wonder if they'll add like the Mandalorian or uh, Baby Yoda to that which I think would make would make sense wouldn't it given uh, the show's popularity. So we'll see. But uh, there's a ton of options for characters that you could play as. Obviously it's Star Wars for, so there's been decades worth of characters. Uh, but no, I don't know when that game is supposed to to uh, to be out. So um, do you know anything about that at all? No, I don't really follow those games. Okay. Uh, but no, I don't know when that's uh, supposed to be. But uh, I'm curious about it. I'll look out for it and we'll probably let you know when we get some information. So We'll see. Uh, but that's supposed to be one through nine of the uh, the films. So I don't know if that includes Solo or like Rogue One or what they're doing with that. But it's supposed to be, you know, the Skywalker saga. So... We shall see. Um, but uh, that's what we've got for you for this episode of Gaming Talk. Thank you very much for listening. In the meantime, you can find everything else that we do on entertainmenttalk.org. TV, video games, films, and May Night podcast. They kick off in about 40 minutes, so I'm uh, going to get going in a second. I've uh, got to check the team news actually, see what's uh, been decided. So. Uh, look out for all that later as well Uh, if you want to support Entertainment Talk on the podcast you can either listen to our other episodes of course on entertainmenttalk.org you can also search for us on podcast platforms get yourself subscribed if you'd like to do so Uh, you can also use word of mouth on social media Uh, simply tell people that you know about the content that we've got and uh, where to find it, and all that sort of stuff. Uh, Patreon as well, uh, $1, $3 level tiers for ad-free podcast and review options, uh, so please check that out if you want to. Uh, David's still doing things over on GeekTown, Town, geektown.co.uk and Geek Town Radio. Uh, those come out on Tuesdays, look out for a new episode today, and uh, keep your eyes out on geektown.co.uk for your TV and film news. Uh, Bex is uh, still streaming uh, mostly daily over on Twitch, Trista Bytes, Trista B-Y-T-E-S. Go and give her a follow over there. I'm um, also streaming as well, uh, different Oddworld Soulstorm streams now and again. Uh, so if you want to find those, uh, UK on Twitch. And if you want to find them later archived on YouTube, which is up to date at the moment, uh, Entertainment Talk Plays on YouTube. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Goodbye.